Blog Talk Radio. Services. The men and women who work so hard to keep us healthy, the men and women in 
in hospitals, the doctors, the nurses, the sundry items, mm-hmm. and people, and also those janitors that keep the place clean enough to keep the COVID out. We also want to thank the people that keep the, the uh, supermarkets open because that keeps us all healthy. Uh, we have a, a special announcement that we've been asked to make. Um, we have uh, our, our business our listener base at this point in time is 268,725. And this this announcement uh, from the health department really hits home for us. We don't want to lose anybody. We love each and every one of you, and we appreciate your listenership. We appreciate every time that you call in. But please, when you're out in the, any um, large crowd anymore, please put the mask back on. Um, whether you're fully vaccinated or not, um, this this rampant uh, COVID that's back, uh, it's hitting the younger people uh, because they they either didn't get the, uh, the vaccine or only got one shot. If you're fully vaccinated, you can still get it, but it comes out more as a flu type symptoms, and you're not going to uh, have any problems. But please, when you're out, keep the social distance of six feet, and please wear your mask. We really appreciate it. Um, Tonight uh, we have uh, uh, Buffalo Bob is uh, out riding the range in. Uh, um, where are you, Bob? Sturgis. Sturgis, that's right. He's out there with with his, orange, his iron horse uh, riding the uh, the range in uh, Sturgis. Uh, and then we have uh, our illustrious uh, Mr. Ty uh, and our, our champion. Uh, uh, corner man, uh, Mr. Tony. And, uh, Tony, you want to introduce your, your guest? Absolutely. First, I want to say, for those of you that don't know Brian Perella, who is our guest tonight, he's uh, from Fort Myers, Florida, and this dude is a badass. I've been watching him now for several years. We've touched bases a couple times by uh, Instagram and just chat back and forth. But this guy, uh, September 2016 Prospect of the Month, uh, Walter Waite was six foot one with 72 inch reach, just a knockout artist. Um, got some questions for him tonight for sure about some fights. I actually wanted to hear directly from him. I'm grateful he, he was going to come on the program tonight and join us. Bryant, you still here? Yes, sir. I'm here, man. How's it going, man? Oh, it's great, man. I'm very, very glad to have you on. Thank you for coming on tonight. I want to, uh, definitely, in fact, all of us just, can't wait yeah, to ask thank you some you. questions. Thank you for joining us, Brian. Uh, I'm proud, man. My pleasure. My pleasure. Brian, you're an amazing guy. You're uh, ranked 36 out of globally out of uh, 1,598 and 10th in the United Should States be higher out of uh, 233. Should be higher than that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Not, doing, not doing too bad. Not doing too bad, but still got a ways to go. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Tony. I'm sorry. Yeah. Now, you... Um, Michael Noling, that was your previous trainer. Are you still training with him? I'm actually with uh, Roy Jones Jr. now. That's my uh, my head coach. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought you just recently made a change. Um, how's that going for you? I've, from what I'm reading up, you're getting a lot of uh, some good skills and stuff out of him, right? Oh, yeah, man. It's, uh, every day is something new. He's, he's always bringing something new to the table. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, a whole – plethora of, of moves and and uh, techniques that he has, um, a wealth of knowledge. So, man, it's just it's an honor just to have him as a coach, man. It's um, you know, and I'm a student of the game, and I love learning. 
and try to find anything I can to um, increase my my skills and uh, you know my ability in that ring. And um, I mean, he he just has it all, man. So it's it's really it's amazing. You're already a beast, man. I can't even imagine how much more he's going to throw your way to. You're going to be, in my book, you're definitely going to have a bell on your shoulder here in the near future. There's no doubt in my mind. But. Yeah, man. Yeah, no doubt, man. I'm, I mean, I'm just, uh, getting closer and closer now. As you've seen with the last fight with Tony Harrison, it's just uh, I'm right, it's right around the corner now. Within a few fights, I can feel it. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of that fight with Harrison, um, I, I mean, my personal thought, I thought you won that fight. I don't really know how that one came out of draw. I, to me, it looked like you had at least eight out of ten rounds, if not nine. Um, that one kind of shocked me a little bit. But who is your uh, your absolute hardest fighter to date that you've had to fight? Hardest fighter to date? Mm, that's tough to say, man, because every, every opponent's different and every night is different in the aspect of I don't know how I'm going to feel and if I'm going to feel at my best. And uh, it's it's really hard to say. It's a fickle thing in boxing. It's it's hard to say what's the hardest opponent. But, um, I mean, I I would say I felt pretty uh, I felt pretty, pretty great in my last fight. And Tony Harrison was very uh, – he was crafty. I mean, I know it was a huge, uh, like, upset, so to speak, and I was the underdog. But mm. – Really, he was actually better than I thought he was going to be. He, uh, especially the way he kind of adjusted within rounds. Um, he was he was pretty good. He was pretty crafty. Um, so I, you know, I'll just say Tony Harrison because I mean he's he's the most uh, accomplished guy that I've fought. Um, and it was in the new weight class, and he was. It brought an interesting um, style matchup because he has he has the reach, and he was in a new weight class, and, it, and he was real. Uh, Real skillful man, former champion. So uh, I go him. Oh, well, you you definitely gave it to him. There ain't no doubt about that. I like I said, I scored you winning that one. But uh, uh, now him versus like Colazzo. I know Colazzo was uh, mm-hmm. a little bit of a rough one. But uh, the eighth round of that fight, man, you took some shots from him, and he didn't even seem like it even phased you. But to go ten rounds yeah. with that guy, I mean. Can you tell us a little bit about your your, your that particular fight uh, with Colazzo? Yes. Or with with Colazzo? Uh, yeah. So Colazzo, um, that was that was a that was a huge fight for me um, because you know it was earlier. I was still pretty uh, pretty young in the game. I would say um, I didn't have a lot of experience, and you know they offered me that guy Colazzo, and I was like, damn. Like, poof, it was like, all right, let's get it, you know. And and at the time, Colazzo was on a on a knockout streak. He was he was coming back. He had just knocked out Ortiz. Then he knocked out uh, Sammy Vasquez, who was on the prospect. And then they offered him to me. So uh, that was a, that was an amazing fight and a really really good experience for me. Um, I learned so much from that fight. Oh, you did fantastic in that too. I mean, you definitely roughed him up too. You could tell he was, you know, he yeah. he went ten rounds with the man. So <laughs> yeah, that, that that fight was uh, that was that was really. I mean, Klaus is a he's a bad, He's a Hall of Famer. Um, and I was a young guy going out there trying to you know prove myself against him, and um, I learned a lot about uh, pacing myself and um, doing the longevity of the rounds or the 
a guy that, that you're not going to just hit and he's just going to go down and that's it. You, you know, you're in for a fight most of the time with a guy like Colazzo, especially at the time. Um, so, I mean, I, I learned so much for that fight and, uh, you know, it was an honor being in the ring with him. Yeah. Now, I just want to touch one more and I will let somebody else get in here, but uh, this is probably the one I'm thinking you're probably getting a lot of uh, chatter about is the uh, Abel Ramos fight. Uh, um, I mean, I I tell you what, I I don't even know where to go with that one. I I, to me, I was like, I was initially I thought the ref got paid off. I didn't know what the hell happened, but was that one second left there at the last round, and you definitely had that fight. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. What, what happened? That fight was crazy. Well, I mean, for for one thing, um, it was actually it was like. Six seconds past the three-minute mark, um, and there was a technicality, and we tried to get it, you know, looked at and all that, but they just didn't want to deal with it. But really, it was there wasn't even one second left. It was already over. The fight should have been already over. Just the timekeeper didn't get oh. the time. But um, oh man, yeah, it makes it even worse. But I mean, really, that fight, uh, I was definitely winning uh, easily throughout all the rounds, but. Uh, I learned a lot from that fight too, man, and I learned I need to get out of this weight class because I it killed me to make weight, you know, because like you know you gotta have full stamina, full strength, and everything going through a fight like that, and um, it was really tough getting through those rounds, just how I felt physically, um, and that probably contributed a lot to you know that how it controversially ended, but it was cool. It was cool because you know it's I uh, a lot happened from that fight. You know, I went on a mission. I I got got with Roy Jones. I I learned. I went up a new weight class, which I now was going to be where I'm going to be very very uh, successful at. And a lot of good has, has come from it. So I'm not I'm not uh I'm not worried about that fight anymore. I'm just looking looking ahead. Excellent, excellent. Hey, hey Brian, what how about uh, uh, when you fought uh, Dominic Dalton? Uh, that seemed to be mm-hmm. another one of your. Uh, uh, shining Knights. Yeah, yeah, Dawn. Um, Dawn, that, that was that was good, Dawn. So I knew he was gonna be a. Uh, I knew he had a big pedigree. He was coming mm-hmm. down in weight from junior middleweight to welterweight. Um, he only had lost one time to Jamonte Clark, which was a really close fight, and they had a war. Um, and I knew he was going to come bring it. I knew he was going to be tough. Um, I knew he was going to come to me. Um, and I, mm-hmm. I, for that fight, you know, I trained a lot of um, sitting down on the shots and just making sure I got plenty of power so when he tries to pressure me, he's going to feel it. He's going to think twice, man. And, and when I, uh, you know, I knew I had him after the first round. I already had him in my rhythm. I had him trapped in my, uh, in my rhythm. So and once I caught him and I heard him, I mean, it was, they, they, you know, I knew it was going to be over. So, I mean, I felt pretty good that night. I felt pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. Top-level guy. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a successful night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the TKO, it must have been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice one at that. Yes. Love knockouts, man. Love knockouts, technical knockouts. Yeah. However it can be stopped, man. But it's uh, great. Hey, Brian, revisiting the uh, Tony Harrison fight. So you're coming mm-hmm. off of you know, controversial TKO to Abel Ramos. You move up in weight. 
Stoney Harrison's the former champion who had two ultra-competitive fights with, uh, with Jamal Charlo. So you move up in weight and you fight him. You arguably beat him, by my estimation. Uh, two quick questions. One, what do you think you might have been able to do or what would you do differently strategically to better put your stamp on that fight to make it a little bit more uh, clear in the judge's eyes? And number two, now that you've uh, fought Tony Harrison and fought him the way you did, does that give you the confidence to feel that you can hang with the, uh, you know, with the Charlos and the Julian Williams and the uh, – Oh, God, I can't believe been the Castanos. Does that give you that kind of confidence to know that you are on that level? Uh, most definitely. So, uh, so number one question, um, as far as the way I fought him, I wouldn't change anything because this fight is my first fight at the new weight class, and I was going against, you know, one of the top guys of the division, probably the best overall yep boxer in the division as far as yep. boxing. Um, so I wasn't going, you know, I, I knew there was multiple ways he could have fought me. He could have he came uh, pressure me hard, which he ended up doing, or just trying to use his reach and back out. Um, right. But in that fight, he decided, you know, he was going for the knockout. He wanted to press me. And we, we had a game plan. We were ready for that. And, um, I was just that you know he was taking he was taking the beating trying to come at me like that and that wasn't working and I don't know what round probably around the eighth <laughs> ninth round he uh, decided he wanted to be on his back foot um, but the thing is if the only thing I could have done because I I feel like I won pretty easily the pass up to seventy rounds the, the first part of the fight um, right I could have maybe tried to press the on the gas more but that could have fell into his hands also because he's a very sharp counter puncher. And, um, right. Yes. 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 Yeah. And he's not a light hitter by any means. He's got a lot of knock. No. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was, it was kind of a situation where, yeah, I could try to make it more action packed by going at him, but then it could put me at risk when I feel like I'm already way ahead on the fight. Um, why, you know, throw Mike Tyson on him, (laughs) you know, and that's just not me. So, uh, you know, and I figured, you know, the, the fight was going to be given to me, but uh, it is what it is. So that, you know, I don't, I don't have any regrets about that. Um, now, as far as me competing in the, in the division, I'm, I'm super confident, man. I, I know there it is. I'm going to I'm going to be, I'm going to get a world title in this, in this division and probably multiple world titles in this division. Um, you know, that was my very first fight, man. And to jump in there with a guy like Tony Harrison and do that, it, yeah, like, man, it gave me – I'm already confident, but it gave me – that. It, there's, I can't help but to get more confident from, how from much that. Better, how much better did you feel at 154 as opposed to 47? Oh, I felt 100% better. 100% better. <laughs> I bet you did. Yeah, 100% better. And, uh, you know, that was just – that was just the beginning. You know, that was that was just getting my – Get my feet wet, you know, and uh, it, it's just going to be getting so much. But I'm already way better than I was in that fight because not only getting it give give me confidence, but I learned from that fight too. I went 12 rounds, which is also my first 12 round fight. Right, 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 right. So I mean, I just gained so much experience, confidence, and and I've just been carrying that with me, and I've been training 
pretty much ever since that fight, and I've been growing, so I'm, I'm way better than I was then. You know, some guy just seen me sparring um, the other day, and he's like, man, you, you're you way better than you even were when you just fought Tony. So I'm excited to, to, to show um, what I can do, man, in this division. I'm only going to keep getting better from fight to fight because, you know, my lifestyle, I'm a clean fighter. I stay in the gym. I stay training. I'm, I'm obsessed with training. I love training. I love progressing and getting better, and I just, you know, I want to show. I want to show that I'm the best, and I'm ready. I'm ready for the Castaño if they want to give me him next can take those guys. It doesn't matter. Like, I'm ready to go. So ha- have there been names bandied about for you next? I mean, obviously you're coming off a big performance, nationally televised audience. A lot of people, especially a lot of diehards like me, thought you won the fight. Uh, what's the next move? Uh, whoever they want to give me. We, we had uh, a guy, but he decided to go another route. Uh, pretty good name. Um, but – just, I'm just waiting to see, man. It's, it's interesting. You know, there's no telling. I don't know what name's going to come coming down in the message box and, and, you know, the box rack, and I get to click on it and see, okay, this is the dude. Um, so I don't know, man. I'm, I'm excited to see what's next and whoever they bring, the next opponent, and I know it's going to be it's going to be a great one. I know it is. Who's going to make that decision for you? Are you making it yourself? or? Uh, no, I, I wish I did, but, you know, the management um, – Al Heyman, uh, pretty mm. much, they make that decision, and they. Uh, I mean, ultimately, I can make the decision if I fire a guy or not, but of course, I'm, I'm always right. going to take it. The, the best option, the best, the best fight, the best opponent that I can get. So, uh, mm-hmm. we'll wait and see. Has there been talks about a, a rematch with Harrison? Oh. No, I mean, um, as far as management and stuff, they haven't mentioned anything. Um, and I don't know if Harrison would want to do that rematch, but I would be down 100%. You know, it's, I mean, if I had to go do it again, uh, we could do it again. But uh hasn't been any talks of that. So. One of those fights, uh, did, did you sustain some sort of an injury or something like the leg or the shoulder or something like that? Oh, that, man, that was, yeah. That was the Ugas fight. I, I, uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I had. I basically, I basically went on that fight on one leg. On one leg, that I mean, that was a horrible injury. I should never even went into the fight. I couldn't prepare properly. I couldn't run. I couldn't. I couldn't really even train too well for that. But I didn't want to back out of it that fight again because of an injury. Because I was already prior scheduled to fight that guy, and I had a uh, broken thumb, and then and it wasn't a horrible broken thumb, but they wouldn't let me fight the New York. Um, commission wouldn't let me fight with that kind of injury, so uh, that fight stopped. And then I had the chance to get rescheduled to fight him again. And then the leg situation happened very early in in camp, and um, you know, you just I didn't want to pull out again, you know. And it was just one of those situations where I'm like, I'm just gonna try to work around this and make it work somehow, but. You know, it didn't work out. I wasn't prepared uh, to my to my fullest ability. I, I mean, I just wasn't strong. I didn't have I didn't have proper training or preparation. It was just a situation. Yeah, is not the kind of guy you want to. Ugas is not the kind of guy you want to go in with an injury against. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it just shows the quality that you've been fighting now. That also, to me, shows the quality you've been fighting that 
shows that you're prepared mentally and as far as experience for the opportunities that are about to be presented to you. Yeah, actually, absolutely, man. That's how I look at it, too. It's like I've been in there with all these top guys since I was a young buck, like going in there with these, these hard fights. Like I didn't have to fight these guys so early in my career. I could have been super overly selective and try to – but that's just not my mindset, man. Like I want to take on the best challenges, and, uh, you know, sometimes you, you don't – you don't get to win, but you still win with experience and learning. And as long as, you know, you keep moving forward, and that's how I've been looking at it. I, I take all these fights as, as learning lessons, and I keep I keep moving forward, and it doesn't derail me not one bit. I mean, I mean I'm down for a little bit, but then, I, you know, I, I get back to a, trying to make a tremendous comeback and, and just just to show what I've learned that, I, that I'm not going to just – roll over and, and give up, I'm just going to get better and better every single time, and I won't stop. Good. So, As an amateur, did you fight within the Florida region? Did you fight uh, any of, uh, like, Miguel Teal or uh, any of the guys from the Fourth Street Gym in uh, St. Pete? Fourth Street Gym? I don't know if I fought any of those guys over there. I mean, I fought, uh, I fought, let me see, in Florida, I fought Miguel Cruz, I fought Joseph Legley, um, I don't know how many of the top guys I fought from Florida, but and on the national level, I fought a lot of top guys. Um, but um, you know, I went to Forest Street and did some sparring too as well. Um, one time. With Dan, Dan Birmingham. Oh, with Dan Birmingham, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got. I've been there with. But the sparring over there, I, I got you know with Thurman and Edner Cherry, and they have all kinds of great fighters over there, but. Um, I definitely got some good sparring with with uh, Keith Thurman. Um, mm-hmm. Sparring sessions. Um, and Dan Birmingham, you know he's a great coach. He's a great guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely great experiences over there. Mm-hmm. Good. Good. Hey. Uh, Did you have any? Have, uh, Jesse Reed too as a coach. Jesse Reed, yeah. I um, I was working with him for a few fights. I was working on him for a few fights, but uh, right now, man, I, I'm with Roy Jones, and um, everything, the chemistry is great. Everything is, is moving forward perfectly, and I'm in a really good rhythm, um, and I'm just learning. I'm a, in a great environment, a uh, learning, growing environment, no distractions. You know, out here in Pensacola, there's not much going on in here, but, but just chickens and roosters and ducks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Brian, isn't uh, isn't Chris Eubank Jr. working with Roy too? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's he's been working with him. Um, he's been in for a while, over over a year and a half, have, I believe. Have you guys had had a chance to get any work together? Yeah, oh yeah, we got lots of work in. He's he's a he's a great it's fighter, true. man. Tough dude, tough dude, explosive man. Chris, yeah, definitely, man. Get some great sessions in. I know he's got some great conditioning too, right? Uh, yeah. Well, with with Chris, he's uh he's very explosive and he's quick, and he um he's very uh sneaky. He's sneaky with it. Explosive, ah. sneaky, explosive. Um, and when he bursts, when he when he explodes, he, he goes. He'll he'll go. He'll he'll throw uh, Six uppercuts in a row, if he if he could. That's just, yeah, that's just, I've seen him do that in actual fights. So <laughs> yeah. I, I'd imagine yeah. he tries sparring. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's definitely uh, it's interesting, man. But it's it's great work. It's definitely great work. 
Yeah, you're getting some world class work. You've got world class experience. You're kind of you're you're uh, crescendoing at the right time, my friend. Yeah, I believe so. I believe so. I appreciate it, man. You know, I'm just steady working and uh, taking it day by day, and um, you know, just uh, staying positive and just 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 working and letting the you know letting it compound, letting the work compound on itself, and then over time they're gonna see when that when I step in the ring they're gonna see. Great. Bob, you any questions for Brian? Yeah, well, I was just going to offer up, Brian. I mean, if, if no one's going to fight you right now, you want to do an MMA crossover, talk to Roy Jones, there put it is. together on one of his cards, I'll let you beat me up. That would be fantastic. Like, <laughs> I'm a self-proclaimed uh, uh, YouTube star like the, the what are those Paul brothers or whatever those are. Oh, nice. Yeah, wow, here we go. Yeah, had to bring them up. So yeah. I knew he wouldn't get through the show without mentioning one of those Paul kids. <laughs> ah, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> the hate runs deep. The hate runs deep. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm tell, I, I can't stand it, but if somebody offered me a million bucks to take an ass rope, but I, I'm first in line, man. Oh, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> no doubt, man. No doubt. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. We got... Oh man, I don't know what's going on with the boxing world these days. YouTubers and I don't know what. Kind of Ruining it for me. Ruin it for me. Yeah, man, it's it's something else. Yeah. It's the, the social media era, you know. I guess yeah, really all you gotta do is get on social media and talk shit. That's how you get fights anymore. Yeah. Back in my day, you know, it was like, hey, let yourself represent in the ring, and you know, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know that kind of stuff. But no, no, I just gotta. Talk smack on YouTube, so. Yeah, yeah. Wow, man. But is he your very quiet tonight? Do you have a question? Hello? Oh, yeah. Brian, um, are there any fighters, uh, uh, can you tell us any influences um, or any fighters that you may have watched uh, coming up or maybe try to idolize or emulate? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I I would go through phases of uh, watching different guys, and I want to be that guy. One day I want to be this guy. One day I want to be another guy, you know. Um, but really, like, coming up, I, I love Floyd Mayweather and Roy Jones, of course, um, Mike Tyson, and um, just, it, I don't know, just sometimes you work on different things you see from a guy in the gym, and that, would, that move would start coming out, and then you see another guy, and you want to, do things that he does and then you know over time it just you kind of become your own style mixed with a bunch of other people's moves and styles within your own so I guess it's just how it works but yeah I, I like you know Mayweather and Roy Jones and um, Tommy Hearns and the Hitman Hearns that guy was something else too Who's your all time favorite boxer? Uh, well, I love Roy Jones, and uh, yeah, yeah, I love Roy Jones, and you know, I've been I've been like old school fighters too, man. I look at a lot of old school fighters, and I've been reading up on uh, Rocky Marciano, and I really like Rocky Marciano because his not just what he accomplished in the ring, but like his just his work ethic and his dedication to the sport was second to none, man. And people don't realize how good that guy really was. I mean, um. That guy would throw almost 100 punches around, and nothing but power punches for 
over 15 rounds, and he would not get tired. He would just keep throwing, and that's 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 hell to deal with right there. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, no, they they don't realize. I think he's a little underrated these days because now we just we just see the guys that are out now, but we don't realize how good the guys were back then as well. Um, yeah, Rock was special. Rock was special. People people tend not to realize that. But, you know, also too, you're looking at the old film, and so they tend to look a little bit more crude, and people don't recognize the subtleties. Uh, but Rock was special. One of his gifts was absolutely conditioning. Absolutely. No, I agree with you, man. One hundred percent. It, it looks different. It looks different, and we don't understand really what's going on. It's not as flashy, so to speak, but you know, they're, very, they're very efficient, and uh, their technique was was much better in my opinion than it is these days. Uh, you know, they got the full body rotation in their punches, and they had a lot of great, uh, great moves where they could stand right in front of you and parry punches and, and counter and uh, – and of course, you know it was just different, man. It was just different. So, Tony, any more questions? Yeah, actually, what what age did you start boxing? What got you into the sport itself? Uh well, I. Uh, she wanted I to be more effective like, at beating up kids and taking their lunch money. Uh, there you go. There's always something behind it. Uh, no, not, it was, you know what? It was. I would actually. I did box my friends at school, but that wasn't to take the lunch money. It was just for fun. Like, uh, it, you know, it's okay. It's a, <laughs> no, good. Statue of limitations is up on that now. We're good. <laughs> uh, no, but um, yeah. When I was younger, I seen it on TV, and I and I wanted to. Wanted to try it out, but there was no gyms around. It wasn't, and it wasn't easy to find gyms back then because we didn't have like as much technology. It was more like the uh, yellow pages and stuff like that to find gyms. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I couldn't find a box. You, you just lost half the half the population of our listeners. You know, millennials don't know what you're using. <laughs> 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 yeah, but, yeah. Um, so I just boxed with my friends around my neighborhood and stuff, and we just, you know, kind of like backyard boxing stuff. And I ended up bringing that to school, and I'd bring gloves to school, and I'd, I'd have them in bags in every class. And afterwards, we would, at the local library, we had a little uh, fight club, a little boxing club, and we would all box. Um, I got a lot of a lot of practice, street street boxing practice. Uh and then I actually got into a real boxing gym at around like 15 years old. Nice. 15 years old, yeah. And um, it looked like I already they thought that I already like was taught boxing, but I really wasn't. It was just from practicing with my friends. And um, at the library, I would read books on how to box, and I would just kind of oh, practice. Oh wow! Them. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was in the gym, and I literally sparred on my second day in the gym. And then I fought like two weeks huh. later. They had the first fight at the uh, the local flea market. Uh, yeah, so it was just crazy. It just uh, happened quick. And I had this guy. I wasn't really going thinking I was going to take it that far. I just loved doing it. And um, there was a guy there named John Donahue that um, he passed away. But he, uh, he really believed in me, and he was uh, like an Irish coach. For like the Irish um, Olympic team and stuff like that, and he, oh, 
Yeah, he really believed in me, and um, he gave me confidence that I could be a champion and all that. So I just um, stuck with it, and I fell in love with the sport, and I fell addicted to it, and, and you know, that was it. <laughs> How did the uh, good fellow nickname come about, outside of, obviously, the rhyming? That makes it cool. Yeah, the rhyming. How did it come and, about? You know, I got some Italian roots. Um, you know, I, I was with my dad. We were thinking, like, what would be a good nickname? And Goodfella popped up. And like, Goodfella Perella. It's got a good ring to it. And, and it, like, kind of kind of because it's, like, uh, you know, it's, it kind of represents being about business. It's not personal. It's just business. And, um, you know, that that's what it is. When you get in that ring, you're stepping into my office, and I got to go to work. You know, yeah. so... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, and it's good fella time. So uh, it just worked out, man. It just, uh, that's just, it just kind of evolved into that and turned into, and it's good fella Perella. So. Mm-hmm. Did, did you have that's any other saw, uh, nicknames yeah. you want to share with the audience that you were considering? Any other nicknames that, that were close but didn't make it? Uh, well, the, in school they call me Stallion. And, okay. uh, yeah, we call him Frank that too. Yeah. That's right. For a different <laughs> yeah. reason, though. No, oh, oh, there we go. Now the show's fully descended <laughs> in the magic. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, just that. <laughs> just that, Stallion. And uh, I didn't even really think of, I wanted a nickname. I didn't know, I didn't want to just make something corny up and just go with it. I would rather have no nickname. But uh, once Ghostfather came out, everybody was digging it. So Yeah, that, that, one, that, that popped. That popped. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, I mean, actually, for my first fight with the Goodfella nickname, there I was in the corner of my first fight with Heyman, and they're in, we're in the locker room, and they're like, um, "All right, Brian Perillo, you got a nickname?" And I was kind of like nervous to say it. I didn't know if I wanted to actually go with the nickname or not. And then uh, the guy, in my, one of my trainers, was like, "Goodfella, it's Goodfella. Let him know, Goodfella." And I was like, "All right, Goodfella," and then. Uh, yeah, man, it was just ever since, man, it was it was a hit. So, well, no one's yeah, ever gonna nickname. forget when they see you out there with the suit on them. They're gonna remember you forever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then the suit. I didn't even think of the suit at that time when I said Goodfellow, but it just kind of, it just turned into it, man. It just, it just worked out. That that's literally how I always remembered you as as Goodfellow. Yep. Anytime you would fight, I would always go, how lucky can one guy be? You know? <laughs> 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 and that was a true story. Oh, man. Because I love the movie, then so I love the nicknames, and I love the song with the movie. So. Yeah. For me, that was your walkout song every time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm about to do that. <laughs> yeah, man. It's a classic. It's a classic movie, man. Yeah. Do you have uh, anything uh, in, in the near future that uh, that you're working on, or a, a date or anything? Uh, no, I don't. I don't have a date. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I'm just because you've been running just, about every nine months um, as far as yeah. uh, as your fight. Yeah, uh, we'll definitely be getting fight before that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. So uh, just, I'm ready to go. I'm, I don't have any injuries. Um, and usually, like the long, the longer layoffs are due to like injuries or. Mm-hmm. Actually, well, the Harrison fight should have happened. I was offered that fight a long time before it, but it didn't materialize until later on. Um, 
but it ended up working in my favor because I was able to develop a lot more of the stuff that Roy was teaching me. Good. Uh, Let me ask you a question. You uh, you obviously know uh, Keith Thurman and been in the ring with him. Uh, yeah. Keith's a good friend of ours. Uh, I was talking to him the other day, and what he was telling me is they're trying to put, I guess Heyman's trying to put a uh, fight together with he and Tank Davis. Uh, how do you th- how do you think that would come out? Oh man, yeah, I heard about that fight too, man. That's yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, Keith Thurman should. The thing is, like Keith Thurman is not a. He's not easy to just hit like that, you know. He he's, he's mm-hmm. bigger. For one, he's bigger, and for two, he's not going to just stand there. He's got good forward. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. And so it's like it's not an easy guy to just go in there and just catch like that. And he hits hard. And, and he, he does. Hard. Fast. He's a mobile yeah, guy who hits too. hard. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. It's, uh, that kind of fight. That fight is yeah. kind of weird to me. Kind of weird to me, man. I was like caught off guard by them talking about that. But I mean, Thurman should definitely. Yeah, I came across that article and I was like, you know, I think they're just just talking shit. Maybe the hype tank up a little bit more or whatever. Right. Uh, yeah, but I, I don't. I don't necessarily think that would be a smart fight for Tank right now. Honestly, yeah. uh, you could look at Keith as being inactive and having you know not fought since Pacquiao. Uh, but he's a bigger, faster, harder hitting guy. Not that Tank can't punch. Obviously, Tank is a dynamic puncher, but oh, so yeah. is Keith, mm-hmm. and he's a bigger guy, much bigger guy, much bigger. Yeah. Guy. yeah. And Tank is a definition of a tank. He fights exactly like a tank fight. Um, tank, he, he hits like a tank. Um, the, uh, the problem, and especially if you're going to fight Keith Thurman, is he avoids like a tank to to a certain degree. And you don't want Keith Thurman throwing three punches in your face and landing two. It's, it's yeah. as simple as that. That's true. Yeah, yeah, tank Very is true. like a tank. Keith is like a fighter pilot shooting missiles. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just... Yeah. Like he has a fly, he has like a drive-by boxing style where he's in and out, but bang, 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 bang. I mean, I, to me, for my, for my, for my money, I've never seen anybody hit Danny Garcia harder. I, I mean, that scared mm-hmm. me. I was just like, damn. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, I don't, I don't see them making that fight. I just see it as being good publicity to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I agree. I agree. I mean, think, uh, he did well with his fight with Barrios, but you know. The, Thurman and Barrett are two different fighters, two different styles, man. It's just not the same. Right. You right. know, Thurman's got a big pedigree, and he's got a lot of experience, and he's way bigger. Stylistically, man, it's just not – I just don't see that being a good fight. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you, uh, fighting around the, the, the Florida area, have you ever run into a ring announcer, Bob uh, Alexander? He lives down by you, and if you listen to the uh, – Radio, the, the Bob, that's him. Oh, okay. I don't. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't think I have. I don't think I have. Yeah. I'm, I might ran into him once or twice, but uh, yeah. Bob owns the uh, the station there in uh, in uh, Fort Myers, and uh, okay. I think it's 102.3, and they 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 call it the Bob. <laughs> oh, oh, nice. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Yeah, he's a great announcer. He's been in, he's been in the business about thirty five years and uh, has done some very big fights. And so he's done the, he does a lot of uh, fights around uh, Florida. Oh, cool! Yeah. You're down in, in, in Lake County. 
Uh, right now, I'm I'm in uh, Pensacola. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, that's right. You said with Roy Jones. Yeah. But what a yeah, difference! <laughs> what a difference the, between Lee County and and Pensacola. In, oh man, I feel like I'm in another state. I feel like I'm in a whole other state. Yeah. Like, <laughs> especially like. Yeah, when it gets cold, I'm like, no, nah, this ain't Florida. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. Yeah, you it's, get snow over there. Yeah. I mean, you, I haven't seen the snow yet, but, it was, man, it was, it was freezing. I'm like, this is crazy. So it's definitely mm-hmm. different. Way more. It's very country compared to Fort Myers. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, <laughs> it's interesting to say the least, man, but it's all right, you know. It's, it's really good because uh, – yeah. For me, because there's just no distractions, man. There's not much to do around here, but train. So, right, you got the, you only have the Navy base and the McGuire's Tavern. That's all I ever found up there. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually by by it's called Contonement, so it's even more uh, country than oh, okay. Pensacola. Oh yeah. my god, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cool little change of scenery. Good. Hey, Bryant, you were mentioning cold up there. I, I noticed when I was following your Instagram, it's probably going back a year, year and a half ago, you got real big into the cryotherapy. It's a little bit off topic, but how did that cryotherapy work for you as far as training and, you know, after fights and things like that? Um, yeah, I mean, I think cryotherapy is good. I think it's real good. I haven't – I don't know where any cryotherapy places around here, so – why I haven't been doing it lately, but I think it's really good. It's a really great tool for recovery. Um, and it beats those ice baths, man, because ice baths to me are – some people like them. I, I feel like it's, it is tough uh, getting in those ice baths. And, and the thing is you got to be in there a lot longer. And the cryotherapy, so you're only going to be in there for like three minutes, and you get pretty much the same effects. Uh, so Just like a dry ice kind of? Yeah, it's, uh, it's just real – cold air vapor air and uh it's really cold i mean it is very cold but you know they put like music on and stuff in there and they have like a countdown and stuff but when i did it i would do it with no music and no countdown because i wanted to test myself mentally (laughs) yeah i remember when you were uh you were big on going in there and swore that it was helping out with everything with uh after the workouts and so forth yeah Oh, definitely. I mean, it, it, when you're working out, it's like you, there's, there's two things you got to focus on. It's working out and then recovering. Because for me, like, just working out, working out, it doesn't usually end well. you got to do – you got to be strong on both sides, man. So the cryotherapy um, definitely helps with that. Yeah. Yeah, us rednecks used to do it differently in Idaho, Washington State, and all that. We just jump in the mountain water streams and, and the uh, glacier water, you know, the polar oh, bear man. stuff. You know, my dad threw me in the pool. I was like, you know, I can't swim. He's like, not with that attitude, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. Yo, you guys are just a breed over there. <laughs> I don't know about all that. <laughs> it's definitely something you mentioned right there, man. Um, I'll just stick to the crowd therapy. I guess I'm fancy, but... <laughs> Uh, some of these, uh, yeah, see, these uh, fights that are coming up, you got uh, Pacquiao and uh, uh, Errol Spence here soon. Who are you leaning on on that one? Oh, well, I know Errol Spence is the favorite, but 
I like Pacquiao, man. I'm not going to lie. I love Pacquiao. Uh, uh, you're a yeah. good man. <laughs> I knew Frank was going to chime in on that one. <laughs> I mean, I just love, I love Pacquiao, man. He's a living legend, you know? And he's fought them all. Absolutely. You know, he's fought them all. And um, I know he's, he's getting up in there in age, but the guy stays in the gym. The guy takes care of his body, and he he's just beats Thurman. And under, he's been – He's still he's still whipping ass. What can we say? You know, mm-hmm. the Pac Man, living legend. Like, I would not underestimate Pacquiao. I know Earl Spence is definitely the favorite and all that, but Pacquiao, man, we've seen his training. He just, I just was seeing he ran like ten miles up the up the mountains. You know, right? he's putting in work. He's in shape, so we're gonna see. Can you see yep. it by knockout, or can you see it just by points? Or, I mean, it's it's tough to say with that fight. Like, um, if Pacquiao can be bouncing up on his toes the whole 12 rounds and not get, uh, not slow down, he could definitely win the fight. Um, but, you know, if, if he lets Earl, if he wants to fight with Earl too much and stay on the inside and get hit with the body shots, I mean, hopefully um, it doesn't happen. But I don't know. I, I don't really know. have a good prediction on this fight. It's hard. It's really hard to say. You know, but I know yeah. like Pacquiao has faster hands, faster feet. He's got the experience. But, of course, the thing Earl does have is, is the reach. He's got the reach. He's got the size. Um, I, don't know if, I think Pacquiao is going to be able to get to him, though, because he's got quick feet. He's got really quick feet, and he's just uh, – he's got so much experience, man. And But, yeah, I mean, I think it will go to decision. I definitely think it's going to yeah. go to decision. I couldn't imagine Pacquiao knocking Earl out. I couldn't imagine Earl knocking Pacquiao out. I just don't. Yeah. Uh, you got that level, it's hard to knock each other out, so to speak, you know. Mm-hmm. I want to throw one more at you, too, that we kind of talked about a little bit offline, like on Instagram and stuff. Uh, the the Wilder Fury that was supposed to take place here, uh, it's got moved back. Uh, who are you leaning on on that one? Well, Fury's definitely the uh, better boxer. He's won pretty much almost all the rounds of their two fights combined. But, as we know, Wilder has the equalizer, and he can catch it one time. But Fury was caught one time, and he got up like the Undertaker. And he just woke up. I don't know how, but he did it. Uh, Shocked the hell out of me, too. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, but, yeah, I don't <laughs> That's another one hard hard to say. It's, it's hard to say, man, but, I mean, I would lean towards Tyson Fury with his boxing ability. Um but if, if I know Wilder's been working on some stuff and being a better boxer, and uh, I mean, maybe that'll help him get those those heavy hands to the target more often. And if he's able to do that, yeah. it could be trouble, you know. So uh, yeah, it just seems like he's been working a little extra hard this time around, uh, you know, to go yeah. against Fury. But I mean, he's got what it takes. I mean, he could do it. Just whether he does it, I don't know. But. Yeah. I mean, he's in a dangerous mentally right now. Wilder's dangerous because he's so hungry to come back. He's very focused and dedicated to beating Fury. Uh, and I know when you're angry like that towards towards achieving something, it's a very powerful powerful thing. So Fury has to be yeah. very aware of that. You know, um, so I could see you know it could be Wilder could pull it off this time. So I, it's hard to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Anybody else have any more questions? 
Okay, well, Brian, we really appreciate your time. And anytime you want to come on the radio, please give us a call, um, especially when you're ready to, to make an announcement that you're going after you make the announcement, of course. Uh, but we'd like to, we'd love to have you make it on on the radio with us. Um, but uh, we appreciate your time and your trouble, and uh, uh, hope you uh, have nothing but but success from here on out. I appreciate you guys as well, man. It was a pleasure. Um, looking forward to the next one. Great. Thanks, Champ. Appreciate Thank you. you coming. Thank you, sir. All right, man. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Mark. Right. Yep, no problem. All right. I got uh, Z, Ortiz Jr., and, and Kovaleski coming up uh, next week. What do you think? Uh, uh, interesting matchup. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> interesting. Um, I don't know too much about Kovalev, uh, but I mean, it depends on what he's doing right now. It, 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 it's more mm-hmm. or less. I, I'm looking at this more or less on Ortiz. Mm-hmm. You, you know, it's, it's okay. a very dangerous fight for Ortiz. It's a very, mm-hmm. very, very dangerous fight for Ortiz. Ortiz, obviously. They talk about him and uh, Jerron Ennis as being the futures of the welterweight division, both undefeated prospects, both dynamic punchers. Uh, we just saw, saw Ortiz take out Maurice Hooker. And, and, and you know, pretty entertaining scrap. But he's fighting Mean Machine. Mean Machine is only lost to Terrence Crawford, in which he was stopped. But everybody knows he floored Crawford in that fight. Uh, but it was counted counted as a slip, but it was an obvious knockdown that oh, the ref missed. And, and he had that he had that ugly draw with our good friend uh Ray Robinson. Um mm-hmm. this is a very uh, you know this is a very dangerous fight for Ortiz. As a matter of fact, Bo Mac McIntyre, who was Terrence Crawford trainer, said Ortiz mm-hmm. is going to get his ass kicked. He's predicting Mean Machine to win. So I mean mm-hmm. this is a true step up fight. Mean Machine is limited. He's not a top five guy, but he's a solid mm-hmm. top ten guy, and he's a very dangerous guy. So uh, mm-hmm. if Ortiz has the goods, if he really has the goods, he 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 can win this fight. But this is a, this is a very very uh, interesting interesting fight. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Fight. Good. Because hey, Ortiz Bob, uh... is not Ray Robinson. He's not Terrence Crawford. He's not the kind of guy that's going to outbox you. He's the kind of guy that brings it to you, and so is me. Mm-hmm. Very interesting fight. Can't, I can't specify how, how dangerous a fight this is for uh, Ortiz, and kudos to his team for taking it at this stage in his career. Right, right. Hey, Bob, you got uh, UFC um, 263 tonight, um, featuring uh, your favorite fighter, Pitbull Ferrer. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on this? Um. Yeah, I don't know too much about Pitbull. Uh, I, I, I think he'll do all right. You know what I mean? Um, the only thing I really have fallen about two, uh, 263, again, we're rough and sturdy, so I, I'm not even caring about the Internet or any of that. But uh, uh, they're, re- they're replacing Rogan uh, with uh, – so, uh, so Joe Rogan uh, stopped doing the overseas uh, announcing, color commentating, and now they're doing uh, Dominic Cruz. So – uh, I think Dominic Cruz is slowly going to replace uh, Joe Rogan, but other than that, you know, yeah, I could, uh, yeah, I'm not really paying attention. Um, so, so, so tonight, tonight, Bob, you got uh, you got Derek Lewis, the Black Beast, against uh, the French guy Cyril Gani in the main mm-hmm. event. 
Um, oh. You got Ho- Jose Otto against Munez in a co-feature. Uh, who else? Who else? Who else? Oh, uh, Vincent Luque against Michael Casilla at welterweight. Um, oh, Angela Hill against Angela Hill against Tisha uh, Torres. That, and then there's another fight on the main card. So, but those, uh, those I hope last Jose three Aldo fights Jose, are good. Yeah, fights. I hope I hope Jose Aldo uh, hangs in there because again he's he's an OG as well. And uh, you yeah. know Dana's putting all the all the OGs up against all the new kids and stuff. Uh, so Jose, hopefully he, he he can hang in there tonight. Um, my best for him. But yeah, so uh, nowhere near t- uh, television or anything. So if it doesn't sound like a Harley, I have no interest in it for the next you know five days. <laughs> okay. Okay, Tony. How about uh, uh, Reagan Dial versus uh, Casimir? Uh, that's again. That's uh, next Saturday night. Casimir, I, that's gonna be a good one. Yeah, Lena Casimir probably. I think. Mm-hmm. Chase Z. Okay. Um, Rick and D. Uh, Rick and D. long in the two. I like. Mm-hmm. I love him for his skill. Um, he's one of the more craftier uh, boxers that I've, I've seen. Uh, mm-hmm. But he's long in the tooth, and he's been fighting out, you know, heavier than his natural weight for a while. So mm-hmm. um, it's, it's like, you know, I mean, I hope he does well. I hope, you know, everything goes all right. He doesn't get hurt or anything, but he's just coming to that stage. Mm-hmm. All right. How about uh, Ty? What do you think about couple different uh, issues. Cut, real quick, a couple ahead. different issues with the yeah. Reagan Diaz Casemiro fight. Zito's absolutely right. Rick and Dial's 40. A young Rick and Dial undresses Casimiro and stops him late. But mm-hmm. 40, Rick and Dial fights at 122. That's his natural rate. He had moved up to 130 to fight Lomachenko, but then moved back down to his natural rate 122. He's fighting Casimiro at 118, at 40. So this is mm-hmm. a weight he hasn't really been at, and he's trying to make this weight again at, a, you know, at an advanced age. Um, Rick and Dial's last fights have been more exciting to the crowd because he doesn't have his legs anymore. So he, he's more than likely going to stand in front of you and try to whack you out of there. And I don't know if he's going to be able to do that at this stage against Casemiro. I had to say that. Very interesting fight, too. Um, this could be the nail in the coffin to, to, to Rigo's career um, because Casemiro is one of those guys who's just kind of, you know, he's a Philippine. He's kind of unorthodox like Pacquiao. He's kind of a force of nature. More crude, but a force of nature. Um, again, Rick and Dial would easily undress him if he were younger, but uh, I don't know about that. Still there? Hello? Nope. Got cut, Hello? got cut off there for Yeah, we got cut off there for about uh, 30 seconds, but I got it back on. Uh, there we go. go ahead. I'm sorry, uh, Ty, on uh, Alvarez versus KL Plant. Oh, no, I was just saying that, that Rigan Dial, uh, just at this stage in his, in his illustrious mm-hmm. career, he, uh, I don't know if he can move down to 118 at this age and whack Casemiro out without his leg. It's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. You said uh, something about Alvarez and Caleb Plant? Yes. 
Yeah. That's going to be an interesting fight, too. I think uh, Caleb Plant has to bag rounds. It's as simple as that. If he, yeah. um, if, if he sets his feet to commit a whole lot, he's going to get counted. I mean, that's going to happen. He And the thing Caleb Plant likes to do kind of is he'll establish his distance with his feet, but he'll let his punches go in bunches at times. And he might want to, I mean, he, he's capable of pot shotting, but he will let his punches go in bunches at times. And I think uh, that's how he can bag rounds. But that's also how he's going to get reeled in. Uh, and it's going to, I don't think Alvarez is going to stop him. I just think it's going to become a fight to where one guy's running and the other guy's more or less seeking. One guy's running, not really making any meaningful contact. And Alvarez is doing a little bit more effective touching. Uh, Caleb Plant's a guy who doesn't slow down. He's going to move all fight long. He moves pretty good. His defense at times at times is good, but then again, I saw him against Caleb Truax. And some of the things that Caleb Plant was getting hit against Truax, I mean, he's going to be more aware uh, with Alvarez, but if, I mean, at, at times he was getting hit with things by Caleb Truax. He's looking punches in his face. He's not reacting as much. And if Truax is going to do that, Alvarez is going to do that three times better and harder. You know, because once Alvarez gets a sharp beat on things, he really, really lets them go. Um, so Caleb Plant, he's really not going to. He's not going to have uh, his best interest is not to have, keep his feet still and try to back as many rounds as he can. Worst case scenario, Alvarez starts fast. Okay. There was a there's also a, a a fight on the board for the end of the year of uh Benavidez uh, and Cal Plant. Do you think that'll ever come come true? Uh depends what happens during this for this Canelo fight. And Benavidez he's been well, on the map and everything. And his weight is, is it depends what weight also because Benavidez is known to not make the weight all the time. So I mean he's still in the wings in this. I mean he's still talking about him. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think you'll see Plant against Benavidez anytime soon. A couple of different reasons. Uh, Benavidez is about to fight Uzcadegay, which you know he's a favorite and he should win, but it could be a tough fight. Uzcadegay when he brings it is 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 a, is a tough. He's tough out, but you know Benavidez is that guy really. Um, the other thing too is is Plant. You're talking about the end of the year. Well, Plant and Canelo are not going to fight in September. Um, I knew we would find something out within this next week, and what we found out is that, if anything, they will fight in November. Um, there, again, contract talks collapsed. Uh, there were some issues in the contract talks collapsed. They decided they're going to revisit it and try to target November, and if it doesn't work out with Plant, Canelo's going to fight Bivol. If Plant does not fight Canelo, I still doubt seriously he fights Benavidez. I, I just mm-hmm. – I, 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 I don't think he'll do that. I think he would take a mandatory uh, or maybe an optional defense uh, against another kind of Mike Lee type opponent. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't think he would fight Benavidez at the end of the year. And chances are he'll, he'll still make that deal with Canelo. So. Hey, Bob. Uh, he popped up this weekend that um, Dustin Poirier is uh, hinting at uh, retirement. Do you think it's time? Well, Poirier's on top of his game. I mean, he's doing good. He, he just made a bunch of money and stuff with the McGregor series. 
I mean, you know, maybe we're going to do McGregor four, five, six. I don't know. Uh, Connor, I broke my leg. But, you know, I want to see some room uh, get out there for Justin Gagey. I mean, Gagey's been passed over so many times. Uh, he's a Colorado boy. Uh, I, You know, I want him to get in there. I know he's fighting here soon, uh, but he had to take uh, – and I think he was a number – two and then he had to take a, like no, a number four to even get a fight you, you know so mm-hmm. um but yeah Poye, i mean you know if if huh, here's the thing any fighter if you <laughs> if you've got some money retire quickly um because it's mm-hmm. just gonna get yeah. worse <laughs> yeah. it just, it's just, you're just gonna keep banking up those medical bills you, you know what i mean uh and and that's that's my whole thing i mean you know, look at these guys uh, that are going to the commentating and stuff like that because there's just not that boxer money. We've always talked about that. There's not that, you know, that NFL uh, uh, medical uh, that they had to, you know, go to a union for, you know. So, um, you know, after your face has so much scar tissue and, and uh, your, your joints aren't working so hot, retire, retire quickly. I think if Dustin retires, he doesn't retire until after he fights Charles Oliveira, which is his next fight. More than likely, it's going to probably be signed. If he beats Charles Oliveira, gets the middleweight title, or gets the lightweight title, then I think he'll retire. Um, he's been a champion, a lightweight champion, but it's only been an interim title. So I think right. if he were to go get the undisputed title, which is his next fight, and I, I've been thinking this for a while. After I, I said it in my mind, I said if he beats Conor the second time. That'll be two red panty money payday nights. I said, all he'll need to do is beat Oliveira, and he'll be undisputed champion. I said, there really will be nothing left for the guy to fight for except more money, but he's already had his two panty nights. So, yeah, I kind of think, like, the arc of his career, it would make sense that if he were to go and fight Oliveira, beat Oliveira, he'd retire. As far as Justin Gaethje, uh, Bob, they were trying to make Justin Gaethje against Michael Chandler for a card in Madison Square Garden. But COVID could could screw that all up. Right. Last I heard. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oliveira's on top though right now, so uh, Poirier's going to get that shot. I mean, again, uh, they, they were top seeded guys. They go off in all these money fights, and then you know, uh, then then Chandler and Oliveira get up in there. So, um, yeah, yeah. So you know, I, I just want that division to work itself out, and and uh, um, yeah. I mean, Khabib's gone, so it doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. we, we jockey for spots. Right. Hey, uh, Tony, uh, Devin Haney wants to move up to 140 so he can fight uh, Mikey Garcia. Is that, a, is that a good move? I think so. I think it'd be a great fight. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like Garcia, but I think Haney, I think Haney can take Garcia. See? Um, I I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think Haney. Uh, I think he's big enough to do it. I just don't think that he, at this stage in his career, is ready for a Mikey Garcia. Um, and really, we have to. Uh, we also, you know, to be honest, we, let's see what Mikey has. Mikey's uh, he's been an actor for a bit of his career. Um, you know, yeah, promotional issues, and you know, he's just been an active. Uh, so, really, I mean, Mikey Garcia is that one guy who welterweight C is a name who's beatable, and I mean, he's, he's I don't know if he's still big enough for 140. I mean, I don't know if he's still small enough. I think he, I mean, 
how does it how is it going to fit in going in, going forward? Um, is it you know going to be? I mean, you know, is it going to be a welterweight? Is it eventually going to move to welterweight? I mean, are we going to see him fight again? I'm kind of waiting on to see what Mikey's going to do. Hmm. Well, you know, let, let me ask you another thing for the, for all of you at this point. Ryan Garcia um, has been off for a while, but he's going to return in October with a TBA fight. Um, do you think it'll one? Do you think it'll happen? Two? Do you, who do you think it would it would be the the uh, TBA? Z, I'm going to start with you. Uh, I don't know. Last time we uh, saw Ryan Garcia, he was uh, he was getting up off the floor, and then he was hitting. Um, I don't want to say Smith. I'm not sure. The Luke Campbell. Guy, Luke, 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 Luke Campbell. Campbell. He, Who just he retired. He retired last week. Yeah, he was in Luke Campbell in his reds and uh, or in his liver and stopping Luke Campbell. Um, Ryan Garcia, yeah, I could uh, imagine he'd be getting in the ring soon. Um, I, I uh, took place a little, more than a few months ago, so yeah, it's been on the time for him to start. I don't know how things are going to work as far as venues and uh, things of that nature, just because of the uh, research and, and, and the virus. So. I don't know how that's going to work out, but as far as just him and getting, yeah, he should be getting in the ring soon. And I don't think this is going to be against anybody of a uh, of total world class quality or name, not at this moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I honestly Sorry. think Ryan Garcia is just, it's just going to be a get back fight for him. And part mm-hmm. of the reason is long before Simone, Simone Balls, Simone Biles at the Olympics said, I need to sit out because I have mental health issues. That's what Ryan Garcia said. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Ryan Garcia had said a few months ago, like shortly after the Luke Campbell fight, when they were talking about his next fight, he said, I need to take a break because I'm having mental health issues. He was the first athlete I heard say that um, at recently. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, obviously he's a boxer, so it's not front page news, but that's what happened. So, first of mm-hmm. all, kudos to him for recognizing what he had to do and, and mm-hmm. you know, obviously he feels he's healthy enough mentally to continue. So, I honestly think it's going to be a get-back fight. I've heard certain names mentioned, but because of, you know, the episode he's just been through, I think it's just for him just to get back in the ring and get his groove mm-hmm. back. Okay. Good. Yeah. Well, guys, we're right up against our, uh, right up against our time limit. Uh, I had to extend it a little bit uh, because uh, – we had such an interesting uh, program tonight. But um, uh, I want to thank everybody for being on. Bob, safe trip home. I uh, hope everything, you have a good time at Sturgis, but uh, please thank be careful too. on the way home. Yeah, yeah. And drivers, please keep an eye out when you uh, use the lower part of the mirror to make sure that there's not a, a, a cyclist next to you. Uh, that'll help out a lot. Uh, Tony? Great interview. Thank you very much for help setting us, that up. And, uh, uh, we appreciate everything you do. Uh, Thank you, Zito. sir. Enjoyed it. Zito, everything, uh, everything you and Ty do uh, make this program what it is today. And we, uh, we have, since you guys have come on, uh, we have doubled our numbers. Uh, and for that, I, I'm great, truly grateful to, to see you guys. Thank you, guys. So, Z, Z, you want to lead us out? 
I sure do. A wonderful show. I want to thank our guests. I want to thank all of my Fighting Words family. These shows are dedicated to Bob, Coach Bell, and Dr. Chris. And if anyone wants to hear any Fighting Words, please do call. Ty? Hey, thanks to Brian Goodfella Perella for coming on. Tone, thanks for bringing him on. Thanks for being on yourself. Bob, always a pleasure. Be safe getting home, my friend. Very important. Uh, Butch, Zito, great talking to you guys again. Bob's our co-pilot. Coach Mel's watching over us. Dr. Chris keeps us laughing. Everyone have a safe and wonderful week. We want to thank everybody for for being on. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, um, and, of course, we always uh, end the program saying how much we appreciate uh, Bob, Coach Mel, and, of course, Dr. Chris. I know uh, Dr. Lance is listening tonight. I uh, hope we, uh, we did you uh, as well as you thought we would do. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, this program is brought to you every night of the week. Grateful appreciation to the men and women of the United States Armed Forces and the men and women police and fire services. When you're and the men and women at doctors at the hospitals, the, the doctors, the nurses, the pharmacists, everybody at the hospitals, and the, and the people that keep us going, the, the people in the supermarkets. These programs are dedicated to those who have lost their lives in the line of duty: Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman David Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Colcap. Sergeant Thomas Banger, Patrolman Jeffrey Yazowitz, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childers, San Diego Officer Mike Hendler, Lieutenant Mike Zerber, Newcastle County Police, Patrolman Anafo Crispin, Lakeland PD, Chief Al Hogle, Longwood Key Police Department, Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department, Highway Patrolman Alonzo Moses, Philadelphia Highway Patrol, Highway Patrolman Brian, Mar- Brian Lazaro, Philadelphia Highway Patrol, Highway Patrolman Brian Murphy, Plymouth Township PA Highway Patrol, Lieutenant Bob Neary, Philadelphia Fire Department, Sergeant Mike Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriff's Department. Chief uh, M- Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department. Deputy Jonathan Le- Scott Pine, Orange County Sheriff's Department. Patrolman Robert Germain, Windermere, Florida Police Department. Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol. Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department. Patrolman uh, Charlie Condit, Tarpon Springs Police Department. Hillsborough County Deputy Sheriff Charlie Cotliff. Uh, Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department. <clears throat> Sergeant Rodney Bond, Delaware State Police. Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Jerry Ficus, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Arith Hope, Wilmington Fire Department. FDLE Special Inspector Vinny Galaccio. Delaware State Trooper Corporal Stephen Bauer. Patrol Officer Matt Baxter, Kissimmee Police Department. Patrol Sergeant. Uh, Sam Baxter, Kissimmee Police Department. Captain Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Police Fire Department. Uh, Deputy Bill Gentry, Highland County Sheriff's Department. Deputy Clay Zerba, Clay County Sheriff's Department. Deputy Natalie Corona, L.A. County Sheriff's Department. Deputy April Rodriguez, Pasco County Sheriff's Department. Officer Bob McKetchen, Biloxi, Kentucky Police Department. Trooper Joe Bullock, Florida Highway Patrol. Sergeant Brian Levine, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department and Deputy Mike Malik, Pinellas County Sheriff's Department. My brothers and sisters, though, you may be 10-7 at this point in time, and sometime will be 10-10 at the table of the Lord. Until that time, may the roads rise up to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly on your fields and the sunshine lightly on your face. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your families always in the palm of his hands. Good night, God bless, and have a great week. Shemarek ma yilama Shemarek ma yilama 
love you and we miss you.